Great, so it's just a few minutes looking at one of the disciples, because that's part of the theme. And the one we're looking at today is Nathaniel. We said at the beginning of this, we try and look at disciples a bit unusual, one we don't know very well. Uh, although last week we did John, so that's pretty good, isn't it? So this is Nathaniel. So I'm going to read a little bit from John's Gospel, because he only comes up in John's Gospel in chapter 1 and chapter 21. That's all we know about him. So here it is. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned, and seeing them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said, Rabbi, which is teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. It was late afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah which is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, you're Simon, son of Jonah, you should be called Cephas, which is a stone. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, and Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we found him of whom Moses in the law and all the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said, behold, an Israelite indeed, in him is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered, said to before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you're the son of God. You're the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe you'll see greater things than these? Interesting little story. And there's quite a lot that could be unpacked there. But one thing I'll just say to start with is, We really don't know much about him. He was one of the 12 disciples. He was an apostle. Tradition has it that he evangelized in India and was martyred there. But we don't know much about him. Some experts, theologians, think that he is the same person as Bartholomew in the other Gospels. Because John doesn't mention Bartholomew. The other Gospels don't mention Nathaniel. But he's always linked with Philip. So you think, oh, maybe it was the same guy. They just called him different things. That's possible. Very possible, in fact. But it doesn't say much about Bartholomew either. So that's not much help, is it? He only crops up a few times in Scripture. So isn't it interesting that here's a man who is a disciple of Jesus, who ran the race, an apostle of the church, and we know very little about him. How does he compare them with the great gold, silver, bronze people of John and Peter and the others. He was just more like you and me, perhaps. But God used him. So be encouraged. You may not feel like you're the gold winner out there at the front, one of the selected few. But you're called. (laughs) Wonderful. So what can we learn from him? Well, he was a friend of Philip, 
And I read that passage, and you'll, you may have picked up the number of times it says, we've found, we've been looking. <laughs> we found him, we found him, we found him. They were seeking for something. They were looking for something. Philip and Nathaniel, they were searching. They were Jews. They were researching what it all was looking about, what, what it was all about, and they wanted to find the truth. And it says, you're an Israelite, and him is, is no guile, which is an interesting phrase. What it's saying is, you're a real person of God. You're not like Jacob, whose name was churned to Israel, who was more of a supplanter, a twister. You're a really good, open bloke. You're really sincere, open-minded, and single-hearted, one of the translation puts. I really like that. So, Nathaniel's invited to come and meet Jesus. But he has a problem. There's a hurdle. Nazareth? You've got to be joking. We don't know much about Nazareth either. It's a really good topic to preach from. It's great. <laughs> okay? It's not mentioned in the Old Testament. It's not mentioned in the history books up until 400 AD, apart from in these passages of the Bible. What we do know is that it was a poxy little place, if I'm honest. It was a valley up in the hills. It had only one water source. So it was very limited, the number of people that could live there, because it nearly dried up during the summer months. The soil was poor, so the shrubs were a bit kind of manky. Not a great place. So a small little village tucked out of the way. And about four or five miles from Cana, which is where Nathaniel came from. It tells us that in John 21. So I wonder what Nathaniel was thinking. Nazareth? You've got to be joking. Because it's interesting that Philip says... Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. I wonder if Nathaniel knew Joseph. Might have done. The carpenter. He only lived four miles away. There may be some history there that was stopping Nathaniel following after God and finding out who was this Jesus. A hurdle. A hindrance. A prejudice. I wonder what prejudices we can have that stop us finding Jesus. But Philip said, come and see. And he did. Great. And when Jesus saw him coming, he says, oh, an Israelite. Wow, you're a man with no guile. You're, you're an interesting chap. And so now he says, oh, how, how do you know me? He said, I saw you under the fig tree. Interesting. The Jews of the day, they used to often spend their quiet times, for want of a better word, they'd go outside and sit in the cool of a garden, an olive grove or under a fig tree and read the Old Testament and pray and seek God. So we don't know what Nathaniel was praying or reading under that fig tree, but it was something really significant. Because as soon as Jesus said it, he said, you're the son of God, you're the king of Israel. Somehow God knew what was going on in Nathaniel's heart under the fig tree. Isn't that amazing? And have you got a cry? <laughs> Something going on in your heart under a fig tree. You say, God! <laughs> God! Jesus says, I can see it and I can come. Wonderful. 
I wonder if he was struggling with guilt, lack of forgiveness, some of the things that we're told to put off. So I want to tell you that whatever your excuse is for not following Jesus, he knows them. (laughs) So much better be open in the open with him about them. Whatever it is that makes it difficult for you to seek God with all your heart, Jesus knows about it. God's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. And he doesn't want to beat you over the head for it. (laughs) Far, far from it. There's an interesting character who had an encounter with God under a fig tree. Anyone know who it was? Jonah. Jonah. Jolian. Jonah. Jonah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He did, indeed. Any others? A non-biblical one, actually, that we'd all have heard of, I suspect. St. Augustine. Mm. He was converted under a fig tree. I've read his Confessions, Book 8, this bit of it. I'll read you a bit because it tells you maybe something that Nathaniel was going through. So this is quoted from Augustine. I stole away from my friend Alypius. He and Alypius used to talk about, they were searching for God And they used to talk a lot about, I don't get it, I feel so sinful, so unclean, how can God forgive? And all these kind of big debates were going on over a long time. So I stole away from my friend, I flung myself down, how? I don't know, under a certain fig tree, giving free course to my tears. And the streams of my eyes gushed to this effect. I spoke, but you, Lord, Lord, how long? How long, Lord? Will you be angry forever? Remember not against us our former sins. How long? How long? Tomorrow and tomorrow? Why not now? Why isn't this the hour, an end to my uncleanness? Can you hear the agony? I was saying these things and weeping in the most bitter contrition of my heart. I heard the voice of a boy or a girl, I don't know what it was, which it was, coming from a neighbouring house. And it was chanting and repeating, Take up and read. Take up and read. Restraining the torrent of my tears, I rose up, interpreting it no other way than as a command to me from heaven to open the book and read the first chapter I should light on. So I grasped the book, opened it, and in silence read that paragraph on which my eyes first fell. Live decently. I'm using a modern translation now. Live decently and in broad daylight, not in partying, getting drunk, cheap sex, lust, disagreements and being jealous. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and don't give any space to your selfish desires. Romans 13. Augustine continues, No further would I read, nor did I need to. For instantly, as the sentence ended, by a light, as it were, of security infused into my heart, all the gloom of doubt vanished away. And St. Augustine was thoroughly converted. 
God's good. So are you agonizing about something or with something? God hears. He hears. Do you feel don't match up to the fast-running Christians? You're not in a competition. You're asked to run the race, like David Henry. Do you have hurdles in your way of discovering Jesus as he really is? Perhaps it's the church to you. Get over it. It's a hurdle. (laughs) Step over it. Come and see. Come and see. He's a good, good father. And he wants your identity to be changed from whatever you want to put label on your own heart. Whatever that is, you know. To your loved son. What a revelation is that. Do you feel rubbish sometimes? I think if we're all honest, we're prepared to say yes. <laughs> but God sees you. And says, come and see. Come and see. Don't hide. Come and see. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be rescued. Seek and you shall find. The good news is so profoundly simple. But I think Jesus of Nazareth will always be an offence to my pride. (laughs) So it takes a lot to say, okay, maybe I need to do something about it.